Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> um, I am hoping that the Lord will really meet us here. Um, I was driving back from Myrtle Beach after working down there for a week. Um, it was cold. I wasn't even out on the beach any. Had a great view of the of the ocean, but didn't really get to enjoy it any. But on the way back, I was listening to um, First Thessalonians um, audio, and it just struck me um, how much Paul cared for the church at Thessalonica. Um, you know, it's one thing to read the Bible yourself. There's another thing to listen to it and sometimes you just get a whole different message when you hear somebody else reading it. And, you know, I just was reminded again how much responsibility a pastor has to care for those that is entrusted to him. And, you know, sometimes that means we have to give a hard word. And sometimes it means it's um, a reminder to love one another. It may be a reminder to persevere. Um, to stay alert as, as we've heard of late. Um, and so today I just really want to raise uh, yet again uh, our hope. Um, I know we all hope to get through COVID and we hope that God will be faithful to the end of our days, but there's, a, there's this transcendent hope that this song at the end that Bill's gonna play that just really resonated with me and reminded me again that um, you know, I remember Camille said in one of her messages, we're all in this together, but you know, what if by chance, uh, one of us is selected to, to walk a very lonely path, a hard path, a persevering path, a, a path with a lot of, um, uh, angst in it and pain, um, you need a hope. You need a hope that's more than just getting past that. And, and that's what I hope today to be able to kind of remind us of, of where we're going. Um, it's not a message, it's not a message to escape from this current world circumstances that we find ourselves in, but it's a reminder as Bill talked in the past, there's a reward, there's a reward out there. And uh, we need to remind ourselves of that. So this is not a, a pep talk uh, to just get through the next couple years of our life or whatever, but it's, it's I hope, a reminder of we, need, we are called to be steadfast because there's a reward out there. Um, it's interesting, I was thinking this morning about one of the questions the sages of old have uh, framed for us in the catechism, what is the chief end of man? Um, and man's chief end or the, the, the chief purpose of man is to glorify God. We just sang about that, to make his name large and to magnify his name, not only for ourselves, but, you know, for the watching world around us. But it doesn't stop there. It says, and to enjoy him forever. And I'm thinking, okay, um, I can do that with a little bit of reservation right now. Um, he's a big God and I'm not perfected yet. And, uh, you know, I also wonder, is that God's desire that we enjoy him forever? I think it is. And I think it's his desire that he enjoy us. I, I, I was reminded when 
one of the songs that Bill said sung this morning, you know, it said something about the fact that Jesus delights in us. Um, sometimes that takes great faith because we kind of look at ourselves um, from the underside of this uh, righteousness that has been bestowed to us. And so with all that, I just want to say, um, uh, I, I just want to walk through a couple of um, events in the Bible to, to kind of, at least for me, I kind of have thought this. Does, do you think God has these favorite places he likes to visit with, with man, mankind in general, that um, uh, there's this place that he tends to return to? And so I want to talk about a couple of places because I know we're made in his image. I don't know about you, but there are, there are places that I either like to go to are scenes that remind me of things that uh, center me, that, that bring in a place of calm, uh, secure, make me feel really grounded in what I believe. It may be looking at a, a sunset. It may be a certain place that you go. Um, and so, you know, even though God is omnipresent, I, I sometimes wonder if there's these chosen places that God um, has des designed to meet, if you will, mankind in general. And so I want to walk through a couple of these places that is the same place, virtually the same place throughout the Bible, uh, and to see these things that seem to be tied to that place. And, you know, we have to start at the beginning uh, when Abram was chosen and called. Um, if you want to jot down the scripture, it's one we very much know. It's Genesis 11 and 12. And I'm going to just start and read the very familiar scripture in um, Genesis 12, maybe the first seven verses or so. And it goes like this. If you want to turn in your Bible or, or take some notes that you can go back and read these things for yourself, I, I hope you will see there's, there is a, a, line, a line through these particular scriptures. So Genesis 12, 1, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock and all the livestock and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse eight, after that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord. 
Abram continued traveling south by sta stages toward the Negev, and then skipping to verse 13. So he traveled down and went to Egypt, to the Negev, he and his wife and all that belonged to him and Lot with him. And, and so he's been called, he's, he's been directed to this place. He sets up a first altar, he sets up a second altar. It's the second altar between Bethel and Ai that he worships God. Um, he travels down to Egypt, things happen down there, and but then he returns. And so after being called and, and sent, Abram returns to this place of worship. Um, continuing here, now Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver and gold. This is verse two, next chapter. He went on his journey from the Negev as far as Bethel. He's traveling back now to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar which he had made there formerly. And there, Abram called on the name of the Lord. And so we have this man that was chosen of God and God promised him things and he set out in obedience and faith to what he heard God say. He came to this place and he worshiped God. He traveled on from there. He went to Egypt. He came back. He returned to that place. And there again, he called on God. So he lived in this general area. Um, but Abram uh, continued his life. And in time, Abraham, his name was changed, uh, is tested and obeys God. Um, Isaac, the son that God promised him, was born to him and Sarah, and he grew into a young boy, and he held the future of God's promise to Abraham for descendants without number. Um, but God tested him and spoke to him concerning his son, his only son. This is, I've skipped to Genesis 22, if you also want to read that account um, later on. Um, and God said, you should take your son and sacrifice him unto the Lord. And so he proceeded to the land of Moriah as instructed. You know, he, I think it was a three days journey, but at some point, the men that traveled with him, he said, you all stay here. And he and Isaac were going to go ahead. And this is what Abraham said. He told these men, stay here. I and the lad will go yonder and we will worship and return. When Isaac asked him about the sacrifice, Abram, Abraham replied, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. You know, we all are familiar with this story. You know, Isaac is placed on the wood. Abraham raises his knife to sacrifice his son in the scripture in Genesis 22, 11 says this, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. The angel said, do not reach out your hand against the boy and do not do anything to him. For now I know you fear God. And since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me, 
Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide, as it is to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Notice who owned the mountain, on the mountain of the Lord. Um, is really interesting here. You know, in the New Testament, it says that if we hold on to our life, we will lose it. But if we lose our life for the Lord's sake, we will gain life eternal. And, you know, I see this particular thing of Abraham being willing to sacrifice. Isaac was Abraham's life. It was all that he looked to, to or for his future. It was God's promise to him. And in a sense, he was actually laying down his life, even though it was Isaac's. Um, and so even here, the father of our faith is walking out the very thing that we're called to do uh, as believers in the New Testament. You know, if you fast forward through this history with God um, uh, to the time of Moses, God promises Moses and the people that he's going to choose a place for his people to worship him. Uh, and so uh, if you want to flip over to Deuteronomy chapter 12, here we are in the last days of Moses. Uh, he is recounting the story of his people leaving Egypt and about to enter the promised land um, actually for the second time that they've been given that opportunity. And this is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 12. These are the statutes and judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord, your God, the God of your fathers has given you to possess as long as you live on the earth. I'm gonna skip to verse five, but you shall seek the Lord and I'm, let's go to verse four. Basically, the people of that did not honor God. And God asked them to tear down any idol, anything that was not, had anything to do with worshiping him. And he tells his people not to act like this toward the Lord your God. This is verse five now. But you shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose from all your tribes to establish his name there for his dwelling. And there you shall come. There you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the contribution of your hand, your votive offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and of your flock. There also you and your household shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all your undertakings in which the Lord God, the Lord your God has blessed you. You know, and I read this, eat before the Lord your God, it just reminded me of that passage that Roger had spoken of uh, a number of weeks back about the 70 elders that went up to Mount Sinai and they sat down and ate before the Lord. Um, so here God is saying, you, you're going to eat before me in this chosen place and you're gonna rejoice in all your undertakings. Um, and so he continues on here in the eighth um, verse and says this, 
you shall not do at all what we are doing here today. This is at the place where Moses is recounting this. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For you have not yet, not as yet come to the resting place and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you so that you can live in security. Then, in that time, it shall come about that the place in which the Lord your God will choose for his name to dwell. There you shall bring all that I command you. Now, it's interesting, this phrase, the Lord your God will choose, the place which the Lord your God will choose is repeated in Deuteronomy 24 times. God has promised his people, I'm going to choose a place where you can come and sacrifice and worship and eat before him. Um, So that place is promised at the time of Moses. Now, uh, if we fast forward yet again to 2 Samuel chapter 24, if you want to make a note, uh, and if you want to turn there, now this is the time of King David. Um, it says that David took a, a, a census. Now, this was something that was not a part of the statutes, not of the thing, not a thing that the kings should do, because it tended to show that they were putting their trust in the strength of their their army rather than trusting God. So the Lord didn't want the kings to take a census to measure the strength of and take confidence in in that. He over and over had already shown that he was the one that gained the victory back during the time um, of Moses. And so he took this census against the advice of Joab, which was his primary commander. Um, And this is what it says. It says, now the anger of the Lord burned against Israel again, and he incited David against them to say, go count Israel and Judah. So the king said to Joab, the commander of the army who was with him, roam about now through all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, and conduct a census of the people so that I may know the number of the people. Joab objected, but David prevailed. And verse eight, it goes on, it says that they took the census. And so when they had roamed about through the whole land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and 20 days. And Joab gave the number of the census of the people to the king. In Israel, there were 800,000 valiant men who drew the sword, and the men of Judah were 500,000 men. Now, after David had gotten this, in verse 10, David's heart troubled him after he had counted the people. He already knew he wasn't supposed to do this. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now, Lord, Please overlook the guilt of your servant, for I have acted very foolishly. So the Lord used Gad the prophet and brought David three choices 
from the Lord as a result of his foolish act. He gave him a choice of three things. He could choose one of them. He could either endure seven years of famine. He could have three months of fleeing before his enemies. Or he could have three days of plague for this thing that he had done. And then in verse 14, this is what it says. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let us now fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the human hands. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from the morning until the appointed time. And 70,000 men of the people from Dan to Beersheba died. When the angel extended his hand toward Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented of the disaster and said to the angel who destroyed the people, it is enough. Now drop your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. David asked, what, what do I need to do here to stop this? And Gad directed him to go to this threshing floor of Arona's. Go there and Arana said, look, you can have this place and I'll provide the offering for you. Verse 24 says this. However, the king said to Arana, no, but I will certainly buy it from you for a price. For I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. Then David built an altar to the Lord, and he offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord responded to the prayer for the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. This same account is also in 1 Chronicles chapter 22. Um, if you also want to make a note of that, Arona's name is different there, but it, it from everything that I can tell, it's the same person. But it says in 1 Chronicles 21 and, and then in verse 22, one, it says, David said, this is the house of the Lord God and this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. And so here we have it in a most natural way. This is the place that God chooses to his, for his people to gather and worship him. Um, and this is where Solomon builds the temple on this very spot. Second um, Chronicles 3.1 says, Then Solomon began to build the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David. It was on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite, the place provided by David. You know, this, it seems like it came so naturally, but here is the fulfillment of the promise that God made to the people in Moses' time that he would choose a place where they could come and sacrifice and worship and eat before him and enjoy the things that, and rejoice in the things that they were going to do. Um, so we fast forward from this um, to the time of Jesus. Temple was built, the temple was destroyed, the temple was rebuilt again. And now at the time when Jesus comes to earth, um, he speaks about this temple. 
Um, and he talks about it in this way. You know, he says, tear it down and in three days, I will rebuild it. Speaking really concerning the true temple, he himself. Um, and there was sacrifice again, but instead of burnt offerings, it was Jesus Christ himself that was sacrificed in very, very close proximity in Golgotha to this particular place. Um, and so what is it about this particular place all through the ages that God has called some, a representative of man to come? There's been sacrifice and there's been worship at this place. There almost always has to be sacrifice before someone can come in and enter into worship before the Lord. And so Jesus became that lamb that was sacrificed once for all time. Um, and so, you know, I've just really thought, is this the favorite place that God, of all the places on the earth, God chose this place and he returned to it, you know, and there were sacrifices and there was worship in this particular place. Um, you know, if you go all the way back to the time of Abraham, um, in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the great chapter on faith, this is what it says about him. By, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign land. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Now, it's interesting to me that God, God was the architect of the tabernacle. He gave very specific instructions to Moses on what that tabernacle would look like. We all know that that was just a shadow of things yet to come. Um, that, that tabernacle was then replaced by a temple uh, in the time of David and then rebuilt again in the time of Nehemiah and Ezra. Uh, that reflected the first tab tabernacle that um, God had given instructions to. And I don't know if you remember, Greg told us about the fact that in that tabernacle, the Holy of Holies is a perfect cube. Um, the, the, the depth and the width and the height were all the same. And if you remember, he, he re told us that the New Jerusalem was also the same in depth and height and width. And so what was this city with foundations that Abraham was looking for? Was it the temple in Jerusalem uh, in the time of Jesus, which after 40 years after Jesus passed away, it was sacrificed and then resurrected. It was destroyed by the Romans. Um, or was it another city, this transcendent city that as we've yet to see this eternal city, which has eternal foundations that will never be shaken and yet to be seen. But for us, just like for Abraham, 
It is real, yet only seen by faith. Are we looking for that city? Is our hope and our destiny set in that place? Are we longing for it? Not just the city. It's not just the destination of the city, this new Jerusalem, but it's the one who promises to be there, the one who will dwell in the midst of that, God himself, with a people he is redeeming and calling to himself. All through the ages, God has found this place here in the earth and he has met a representative of man. And there has been sacrifice and there has been worship in that place from the time of Abraham, the time of Moses, to the time of David, all through the ages, to the time of Jesus, who was the fulfillment of all the shadows of all those other things. You know, Hebrews in, continues in verse 13, chapter 11. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. And you know what? We're going to probably be living by faith at the same at, just as well. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He has prepared a city for them. Now, Abram was chosen and called. So are you and I. He returned to a place of worship. And so do we. Right now, it's by Zoom. But, you know, this place that Abraham returned to was between Bethel and Ai. If you want to try to look that up and find a map, good luck. That shows both of those at the same time. But Jerusalem is very, very much set between those two. And it's very close. Bethel is very close to Jerusalem. God promised to choose a place for his people. The, the complete fullness of that promise still lies ahead for us. You know, King David sacrificed to stop God's judgment upon his people. That place of sacrifice also became the place of worship. And as we know, the King of Kings provided the perfect sacrifice in that same place. Um, so what do we sacrifice now? We're called to be a living sacrifice. We're called to sacrifice a praise and thanksgiving. You know, Jesus um, is that true temple. You know, if you continue on to the very last book, um, Revelation, Revelation 21 says this in the first four verses. I want to read this to you. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had disappeared and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride dressed in beauty for her husband. 
Then I heard a great voice from the throne crying, see, the home of God is with men and he will live among them. They shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more and never again shall there be sorrow or crying or pain for all those former things are past and gone. Continues on, it says, then, then the angel carried John away in the spirit to the top of a vast mountain and pointed out to me the city, the holy Jerusalem, descending from God out of heaven, radiant with the glory of God. Her, speaking of Jer Jerusalem, brilliance sparkled like that of a very precious jewel with clear light of crystal. So what's the city like? You know, it goes on and describes this city. Lofty walls of translucent stone, foundations of every kind of jewel, gates like pearls, streets of gold, lighted by the glory of God, a river of life flowing from God's throne. So our reward, citizenship in this city. But there's a greater reward and that's the presence of God himself. You know, I, I, I think we might look very shortly at the walls and the streets and the gates, but I think they'll grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. You know, the book of Revelation, it does really stretch my faith because it's so beyond comprehending this. But when you read this story, in the Bible of God's interaction with man. How can you not hold on to the truth? How can you not carry this destiny in your heart? How can I not have a hope, no matter what happens here, that transcends to this place that he's promised to, to, to bring me safely to? You know, the book before Revelation, which I spoke about last time, we are to contend for the faith. As it says, in, as, as God told Jeremiah, buy some land and settle down and, 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 and improve that world around you, you know? Um, so we contend for the faith here, but what's the best way to improve the world around us? Is it really to keep it clean and build nice things? Or is the best improvement to bring hope, to, to bring a hope to the people around us, to love them with the love of God that's, that gives them a, 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 an acceptance, um, you know, to, to, in, to present as, as Greg did with his, his prayer earlier, uh, to speak the truth about the gospel, to bring uh, by the power of the spirit, a newfound faith to the people around us. That's improving the world around us. Um, to give them a hope, you know, that, that goes past their life experiences. Um, and that kind of hope should give us an energy and a passion to be steadfast and to keep our eyes on this eternal city. Um, and, you know, uh, all of this points toward this song that you're getting ready to hear. Um, 
It's by a group called the Porter's Gate. Uh, Bill has been so kind to, to put the words in a PowerPoint. I was going to read them, but you'll be able to see them as, as the song is played. Um, it's not so much that um, the song has things in it that we can't run to this city. Only God can bring us there. But at the same time, what I hope it will do as you listen is, is, is give us all a renewed longing for the place where we will someday be. And, and because of that, we'll have the passion and the energy and the hope to walk as we need to walk. You know, um, this place called Moriah, Mount Moriah, which means a place of worship, that's where we're going to be, an eternal place of worship, and there will be no more sacrifices. We will worship him and we will enjoy him in this particular place. And so I, I just ask that you listen to this song, but you also listen to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in and through you this morning as we, as we end with this particular song. So Bill, if you wanna play that song, um, let's listen to that. They have told us of a city where our tears are washed away and every shadowed valley is washed in endless day. They have told us of a table where the poor are honored guests, where all the weary wanderers come in to bless and rest. Will we see the day of the city of God, O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem? Can we run away to the city of God? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. They had told us of a chorus where our voices join as one. In songs of celebration That all our wars are done Will we see the day Of the city of God O oh, Jerusalem Jerusalem Can we run
the city where all death will be undone and all our tearful mourning gives way to healing songs excerpt from a conversation I had with a friend of mine. Um, many of y'all know Joe Matthews. Joe and I were talking the other day and Joe said, well, I'm just on a journey and I'm going to carry as many people as I can with me. So I think for all of us, uh, just what Greg, you, you said earlier, um, such a wonderful place, such a place of peace. Um, don't you want as many people to go with you as possible? That's what we're to be about now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's so easy to get sidetracked, Preston. It's so easy to get lost on the way sometimes. Uh, I had to step away for just a second and uh, hopefully you haven't said anything about this, but when, <clears throat> when Jacob came back from being with Laban, his brother-in-law, after 20 years or so, and he meets Esau, the brother that's sworn to kill him on the way back, and then they're reconciled by the grace of God. And um, Esau says, I'll, I'll travel with you back to you know where you're going. And Jacob evidently still a little bit fearful, even though the reconciliation has taken place and Esau has hugged him like a brother. Says, no, you go ahead and, and I'll follow you. And God had told him to go back to where he had met him, which is Bethel. That's where he had the dream of the ladders going up and down to heaven and angels, you know, ascending and descending. But he doesn't. He doesn't go back there. He goes to Shechem. Now, later he goes to Bethel, but he stops for a while before he goes back to where God tells him to go. And sometimes we stop in places before we go where we're supposed to go. And the delay normally is not good. So we need to be aware as much as we can where's that place and for i think so many of us it's the place in our heart where we're broken where we can hear god and and just be fully aware of our own sins and deficiencies and shortcomings and that sort of thing anyway thanks mm -hmm. yeah. preston i wanted to thank you for um the picture that you've created for us this morning about the altar and the final picture of that hope, that future hope we have to hold on to. Um, I wanna just add something. I've been doing a lot of 
some reading about what is that, how does that future hope translate to now? Um, and part of it is what you said, we bring as many along with us as we can. But as I've been looking at, you know, the gospels and looking at how Jesus represented that final hope, he was giving like snapshots, like, you know, iPhone pictures of what the kingdom looked like, you know, like the way he treated people, the way he treated women, the way he healed people, the way he set people free. And he actually was giving pictures of what the future glory would be like when it's fully restored. But he was giving pictures of hope for the now. And, and, and when, we're, when we're transformed in our lives through Jesus, we can help, we can, we can almost, it's like you go, you go forward to that future glory and you can pull snapshots of it now. For example, when Lisa was talking about, Lord, help me uh, be able to speak uh, into my students' lives to help bring healing to some of their, their brokenness in education. If, if as she does that, that brings hope to young people now that reflects the time when there won't be any more educational wounding. In the new Jerusalem, there won't be any more sickness or sorrow. The way that people are treated will, 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 will be perfect, but now we don't live in the perfect world. But as we look forward to that future hope, we can live in a way and act in a way that brings that hope forward to now to show pictures of it. I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but it's like the future hope has to be connected to the present hope. And the present hope is found in what the kingdom looks like. And of course, as Greg said, we fall so very short of it, but, it, but in, as we're growing to be more like Jesus, like Galena going home again tomorrow to be with her mother, that's a snapshot of compassion, you know, and care for her mother that reflects the kingdom. And so um, I just think it's such a rich thing to be able to look forward to the future hope and yet bring it into today to show people through Jesus, there's hope in all different categories of life as we turn to him and live according to his ways. So it's something that I've been really thinking about a lot lately um, and just wanted to just add that into the, into the picture. Bill, can you send that song out? wherever it's found um i can send i can send the music uh i might be able to send what you actually saw with the music and the words together but that's something i created last night so it needs a bit more <laughs> polishing before it's ready to send out but i'll, I'll do my best greg thank you i appreciate that um You know, um, I've been reading Exodus and Leviticus, and uh, you know, there's a lot of chapters about details. Mm -hmm. um, and Roger spoke about the a piece of furniture, you know, last time he spoke. And there's so many details about the the tabernacle and the, all the various types of furniture that go in, and, and then all the various types of sacrifices there would be, and where you put the blood, and where you put the 
kidneys and where you put the flesh and some of it they can eat and some of they but they can't eat it outside they got to eat it in the tent where nobody else can see them and just detail after detail after detail and and moses got those details with 40 40 days and nights on the mountain that's where he says he he heard all that um and then i was i was just thinking you know jesus said and they're preparing a place for worship that's what the tabernacle was they're preparing a place for god to inhabit that they would worship and and then i was thinking about the woman the samaritan woman who um jesus met at the well and she says well you know you jews say you're supposed to worship in jerusalem and that's at that same threshing floor right but we say you worship over here in mount gerizim which where they, they worshiped and then jesus says well you know there's a time coming where you're not going to worship it it doesn't matter where you are because you're going to worship in spirit and truth but i was thinking back to when jesus said um he goes to prepare a place for us and all that that I read in Exodus and Leviticus, I mean, that was 40 days of Moses with God, him explaining how to build the tabernacle and the furniture and all the sacrifices. And now Jesus has had thousands of years to prepare a place for me. And I can barely grasp what that would be like. Mm. What's it gonna be like? And then I thought, now this is really sounds strange. I thought, you know, we, we've all met together and it's sweet to be together and to break bread together and to sing together and worship together and pray together and work on projects together. And we've missed that for almost a year now. And there's a hunger inside of us. And that, that hunger should, should point us to the fact that there's something else we're missing. We're missing that new Jerusalem. You know, and that's why we were created for fellowship, but we were created for much more fellowship than we've ever experienced in the past. We were created for a whole new fellowship with Jesus. And he to, to see that for fellowship really fulfilled, he's got to give us a new body. <laughs> he's going to give us a new body. Um, so just like I can hold on to the fact that one day we'll be meeting again face to face, another day is coming. Well, we will be meeting with Jesus face to face. And that is a, a bright day on the horizon. In fact, Preston, as I was putting that together, I was thinking, well, maybe I need to change the color of the background to, to be brighter and more lively as the song goes on. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll make it too complex. I'll just <laughs> let the words speak uh, truth and life to us. Yeah. But will we see that city of God? Will you see it? And that's how you know that faith is in your heart when you say, yes, I'm going to see it. That's the reward. One of them. Yeah. So and it kind of, it kind of steadies you through every, every trial and hardship. Cause like you say, we need hope, not for just today or tomorrow. We need hope for fulfillment, you know, well, just thinking when you said that, like when Jesus met the woman at the well in Samaria, and she says, we worship on Mount Gerizim and you worship, you know, in a different place. And Jesus says, you know, it's time's going to come when all, we'll all worship in spirit and truth. But the other part of that, as he said, you Samaritans are wrong. You, yeah. We Jews are right. 
So there's a right and a wrong, and you can't pretend oh, yeah. that one's okay and the other one's not, even though a full fulfillment is coming. So we need to be careful not to tell people they're okay when they're wrong. We need to do it with a right heart and a right, you know, spirit. But so often I think we just pass over things because we're afraid that it's going to offend or create controversy. And we shouldn't create offense just to be offensive or just to show that we are so smart or something like that. But we need not to be afraid of saying the truth when the truth is necessary either. Yeah. You know, you you just cannot ever plumb the depths of God's word. It seems like there there's a there's another theme there on the threshing floor at the, um, that David made that sacrifice. Um, and and Bill, maybe you'd want to take this up and run with it because you're you've been doing this whole thing on the kindness and severity of God. But um, I want you to think about the place where the sacrifice was made was a threshing floor. And what is done at a threshing floor, but a separation, <laughs> Greg, what you're talking about between the wheat and the chaff. And then you fast forward to Matthew 25, which Bill, I know you've spoken on before as well. Um, there will be a separation uh, in that, that threshing floor that David made that sacrifice was just a shadow of one yet to come, so. Of course, Jesus revealed himself to the Samaritan woman as the Messiah. He hardly ever revealed himself as the Messiah to anybody. So it was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, he was in his, Jesus, I love the way Jesus, he, he sometimes he was very direct, other times he was very indirect. And um, the way he treated her was just brilliant. Yeah. Sorry, the sirens are over here. <laughs> you have to be more direct with women. <laughs> Lord, we do pray that you would um, overshadow our apathy and our, our 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 lack of faith and trust in you, and Lord, that we would cling to your promises that are true, and Lord, we would cling to the promise that you've given us of this place, and Lord, we're 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 kind of dancing around understanding: is it a physical place? Is it a spiritual place? Is it all of the above? Is it something, uh, Lord, that there's a right and a wrong to? And we say, yes, Lord, there, it, it is. It's all these things. And, and Lord, the glorious thing is that you're going to be there. And if you're going to be there, um, we want to be there too. So thank you, Lord, for providing that we might be with you. And thank you, Lord, for the, the foreshadowing that you give us in scriptures that points us, Lord, that you are very specific uh, you have provided one way of salvation. You have given us one treasure, Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for, for coming to save us and now for going to prepare a place and Lord, for ruling the universe from where your seat of power and authority. And Lord, we, we yield to you and we, we ask you, Lord, to, 
to make us your ambassadors into this world. Thank you, God, for the freedom that we have in Christ, and let us help, Lord, other people receive that same freedom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary? Yes. Uh, we mentioned at the beginning, I don't know if everyone was with us, but tomorrow is Julie King's birthday. <laughs> so I'm going to ask someone to pray for you, Julie, after I announce the other birthdays and a couple of announcements, if that's, if that's good. Thank you. Um, Tim Cheek's birthday is also tomorrow. Carolyn Looker, who joins us when she's here with Jill. And I also would uh, announce, if um, anyone did not see your email, that Jill and Wayne are now grandparents. They have a grandson, and his name is Levi. So Levi, Levi was born on Wednesday night. We had prayed at the prayer meeting for... Um, Jessica and Dustin, and then she gave birth to Levi before that night was finished, so Wednesday night. Jill and Wayne have gone down to Charleston, and I think uh, they're going to get an opportunity in the next couple of weeks to spend time with them. They may be coming back and then going back, um, but they are very excited, and we're excited with them. Those of you who have signed up to bring meals to Amanda, um, I know Jill was able to see Caroline, and um, I, I noted in the, the meal train that Wendy has sent out that if you want to see Caroline when you're taking the meal over, you need to get in touch with Viani beforehand, and um, he'll have her outside in the stroller so you can meet Caroline. Um, I, I don't know if anybody that's taken a meal has. Uh, Julie, did you get to see her? I did. I It was cold and rainy, and I said, you don't have to bring her out. I'll come back in a couple weeks and see her. But Viani said, no, no, you need to see her. So, But she's eating, but I'm going to get her anyway and stick a pacifier in her mouth, but I want you to see her. And it just, it just, my heart just lit because they, they want to share her with us. We're her, we're their family here close by, and you know, it's just so difficult to share, but they were just, and Amanda came out too, just for a just for a, a minute, but they just wanted to share share their beautiful little girl with us. We got to see her yesterday as well. We took That's a meal right. over uh, too, and uh, I just was so um, proud of Viani uh, with just how natural he seems to be with that little tiny baby, just a real natural father. Uh, it's just really sweet, and of course, she's just a tiny little thing, and just beautiful. Wow. Well, it's it's a blessing that the Lord has called us to bless them and to bless Blake's family during during these times of joy and also the times of struggle. So, again, thank you, every one of you who have provided for Amanda and Viani and Blake and his family through meals and uh, with with Blake uh, calls and cards and finances and 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 all. Um, on Wednesday, Ugo, uh, uh, Ugo and and Coco have not been with us in a while on Zoom. I know that Zoom is difficult for some people, but 
uh, Ugo's birthday is Wednesday in Gray Madden. And then Thursday, some of you remember Jerry Wood. Um, sometimes Jerry and Rita join us on Zoom. His birthday is Thursday and Peter Radke's is Thursday. So if any of you are um, close to them and want to give a call or send a text to any of them, those birthdays. And I also want to thank Rebecca. Rebecca has been very faithful to do the birthday cards all through COVID because we're not together to sign them. And Rebecca, this week someone commented to me about how much it meant, the message that you put in these cards. And so thank you for that ministry to us as a body. It's it's really special. So we want to thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Mary. Mine's in, mine's in May if you want to get started on mine now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can go it's ahead coming. and send Greg over to you early. Uh, I, I bring the cards and, and all to Rebecca and she gets them out. So yeah, Greg, maybe we could send you one a month between now and May. <laughs> given, given the changes come up in Rebecca's life, it might be good to go ahead and knock that Greg's out before you have your baby. <laughs> might as well just go ahead. <laughs> That's right. Um, again, Galena leaves tomorrow and we'll be on a long journey to Russia. Galena, are you on? I see your. Yes, yes. Anything that you would like to say or any special uh, prayer that we can be praying for you while you're gone? Um, I'm so thankful. With your mother, Galena. Um, I'm thankful for praying and really appreciate it. And uh, uh, mom is, I think she's okay now and just, but they're waiting for me. But I don't know, I will come and <laughs> I don't know what I will do, but I just still praying. Mom is not good health. She just prefers lay down. She doesn't want to walk or sit down. Just I don't know. This is kind of um, big situation, and um, yeah, but uh, I think um, God gives a situation in my life, and just He will show what I need to do. She I truly believe that um, it's, it will change for, for good. And thank you again for praying. I really, really appreciate it. We love you, Galena, and, and we will pray. And as you are going to Russia, I see that Eugenia is on, on our call. And Eugenia and her family have been to Russia and have come back. So welcome back, Eugenia. And they are, they've been making the transition back for the past couple of weeks, but she's on the call with us today. We have prayer Wednesday night, and um, I would remind us again, Blake's new guy starts tomorrow, and they really are, are praying for this business that he um, runs to survive, for the business to live. And, um, and this guy, Adam, is... Um, is stepping into that that place to help Blake in the business. So with that, I'm going to ask Carla, will you pray for Julie a blessing over her birthday? And uh, yeah. Lord, I just thank you for our dear friend and sister in the Lord, Julie. Lord, um, I just 
Thank you, Father, for her wisdom, Lord, and her love for your word and for um, the way that she inspires so many of us. And uh, Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would walk with her uh, during this season, especially with her mom. And um, Lord, that you would give her grace and mercy. Lord, I remember when we were young mothers and she would say, God only gives you grace for, for today. <laughs> Tomorrow you'll have fresh grace. <laughs> But Lord, I just pray, Father, for that grace for today, Lord, and uh, what we need, we know that you'll supply tomorrow. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for her, for her, for her life and her wisdom. And Lord, um, what a privilege it is to, to call her a friend. And Lord, we pray that you would bless her on her birthday. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank we you. love you, Kaylee. Love you all. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I want to know how Pat's doing. How are you doing, Pat? Hey, I'm a little busy today for some reason, but I'd like to play, pray for Alina. Did, we didn't pray at the beginning for her, did we? No. We did. We did, but let's pray for her again. Okay. Let me do that if that's okay. <clears throat> Father, it's not only that Galena has a long journey ahead, but just lots of question marks as to how to best uh, care for, provide, provide for her uh, mother. And I just pray that you would guide her each step of the way, that she would hear from you, that she would have your directions, that she would have your instructions, or those things that where her mother perhaps would not um, cooperate. <laughs> Just give her wisdom. Father, I, I do pray for your goodness and your mercy in that situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, y'all have the have a nice February. It's <laughs> <laughs> the last day. Julie, Julie always gets excited when we pull through February because that means spring is on the way. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I got yeah. my first daffodil blooming in the yard. Okay. This week. All right. God's going to show off again. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have, have can't you and Mia had the vaccine or where are y'all with that? Um, we are scheduled to get our first shot Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have a good afternoon. Bye. See you Wednesday night. Thank you, President. Okay. Looking Easy. forward to looking forward to your card, Rebecca. Okay. <laughs> May comes around. Don't you worry. All right. Put a, put a hot dog in it. Bye. 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 Thanks, Preston. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.